0: I love this place. Amen. It's awesome. I used to be really, I I still am, really particular about transitions and silence. And, uh, you know, it really doesn't matter, does it? I love what God is doing here for a lot of reasons. But we've said this before, and I want to say it again. There's no room for pretense. There's no room for faking it. We're just trying to figure it out. And in the process, we need a lot of help and we need a lot of grace. And we know where to find that. It's right here, breath on a page, word from God himself, living and active, sharper than any two edged sword. We can find what we need here. And so God created the church. Because of Jesus's sacrifice, we can come together as a family and gather around his word and create songs that are from his word and sing them and lift praise and come and pray and beg him for mercy and grace. And we've got people around us that are here with us in the struggle. And I love that. And it's really not about a program. It's not about a good flow. It's about grace and mercy and truth. And with that, we have life and life to the full. <laughs> I love it. I just love that. <laughs> so um, for those of you that I don't know, my name's Jared, and I'm uh, the interim pastor here. And we're in the middle of a series in Ephesians. If you were with us last week, Marcus Donaldson brought an incredible word from Ephesians 1, 7 through 10. And we talked a lot about this spiritual position of being in Christ. And we're going to continue that. If you remember, he talked about how this verses 3 through 14 in the first chapter of Ephesians is is one big sentence in the original language. So we're coming to the end of that big, long sentence in the original Greek. And, and Paul is praising God for his sovereignty, praising God that his plans are going to be accomplished. And they were set forth from be, before the foundation of the world. And those plans include a hope for those who trust in Jesus as Savior. We have redemption and the forgiveness of sins because of him. And by his blood. And now tonight we're going to talk about how that inheritance, this adoption as sons and daughters of God is possible by Jesus and sealed by the Holy Spirit of God. So we're completing this forever sentence and we've seen all three persons of the Trinity throughout this little song, this hymn of praise that Paul sings. He wrote it. He had help. I, I imagine he sang it at some point. I know that the, the churches sang it when it was read to them. And it's really awesome. In Christ. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 1. Going to be hard for me to talk with that. ringing. Ephesians chapter 1. I'm going to read verse 11 through 14. It says, In him. In him, in Christ, in him, favorite prepositional phrase, remember that, in him, we have obtained an inheritance, somebody say inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things, that's a lot of things, according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ, might be to the praise of his glory. In him, there it is again, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed, say it, with the promised Holy Spirit, it's an important word, inheritance sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. Father God in heaven, I pray for clarity as we seek to rightly divide your word that we believe is true. And I pray that it would cut through our hard places in our hearts our dark places in our hearts, and that you would shine bright, brighter than anything we can imagine, and that we would be changed forever from the inside out. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said together, Amen. Amen. This is a beautiful text about eternal security, sealed with the guarantee of our inheritance. God has sealed. Us by his spirit. And you know, I talked about flow earlier, and this is one of those moments because I made some edits and they didn't update. Here we go. All right. <laughs> this is the whole message in one sentence. Anybody ready for the whole message in one sentence? You can leave after this. God has guaranteed your inheritance by placing you in Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what we're going to unpack. And I believe that's what Paul is saying. Paul is saying, the guarantee of your inheritance is the Holy Spirit. And he is sealing this inheritance. Sealed. Who is it? Whitney? Can't sing that? Corbin looked at me like, I can't sing it, man. Come on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Julia said stop calling people out from the stage. I can't find her right now, but I'm need to listen. Okay. Sealed, stamped, like done, marked, complete, sealed. Your inheritance is guaranteed by the Holy Spirit. And the way that God did that is he placed the Holy Spirit in you and he puts you in Christ. So this is not just a cute little phrase that we keep saying. Paul's favorite prepositional phrase. No, it's incredibly important. Honestly, it might be better than the term Christian to say in Christ. In Christ. Grafted in. Inside of him. Do you understand the implications? Because when God looks at me, he's going to see a lot of mess. But when he looks at me and I'm in Christ, he sees Christ. And he has sealed it by placing the living, breathing Holy Spirit inside of me. That's where we're going. Yeah, that's where we're going. This is the wonder, the mystery of the gospel. Becoming in Christ. And Paul is rejoicing over this. The salvation of God's people. The Jew and the non-Jew. We're going to look at that in just a minute. Not just the Jews. Not just the children of Abraham. No. All people can come to a knowledge and relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And be sealed with the Holy Spirit. In repentance and faith. This promise is not just for those in the Jewish nation. It's now... Available for all people. Verse 11. In him we have obtained an inheritance. Having been predestined according to the purpose of him. Who works all things according to the counsel of his will. What of this inheritance? Go with me to Romans 11. Starting in verse 33. It will be on the screen. Oh, Paul writes. Oh, Man, when they start the sentence with, oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways. Big words. Keep going. For who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor or who has given a gift to him that he might be repaid for from him? And through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. Amen. So we're talking about an inheritance. That is sealed and secure and kept. By the one that the scripture says all things are from and through and to. That's a really big inheritance. The keeper of it all. This is who we're talking about. This is who has sealed your inheritance. Of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. This is good news too. Look at Romans 8, 28. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. All right, so God has all things. All things are from him, to him, and through him. And his plan is to work all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. You can't measure it. Keep going with me. We're going to get there. We have received this immeasurable inheritance. I can't count it. I can't illustrate it. I can't get up here and help you learn about it. It's all. And it's from an immutable God. Who is unsearchable. And whose plans are good. And who loves you. This is the God of our inheritance. In him. So that, verse 12, we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. Really quick, the we here, Paul is referring to the Jewish nation that trusted in Christ. The people from the Jewish nation that trusted in Christ. These were the first to hope in Christ because they had received the promise first. And if they received Jesus in faith by repent through repentance, they received the promise first, and we're the first to hope in Christ. And this is who Paul is talking about when he says we here in verse 12. Verse 13, in him, you also, you also. Okay, we, who were the first to hope in Christ, and then now next verse, you also. We, Jewish nation, who believed in Jesus, you also Everybody else, Jews, non-Jews, Jews, Jews, Gentiles. And this is mind-blowing because the Jews and the Gentiles not only didn't like each other, they were sworn enemies, like worse than any time in history we've ever seen before. And Paul's coming to them and he's saying this promise that was only for God's chosen people because of Jesus now is available for all, Jew, non-Jew alike. You also, he says, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. Jew and non-Jew alike. Look at Galatians three fourteen really quick. In Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might Come to the Gentiles so that we might receive the promised Holy Spirit through faith. This promise is available now because of Jesus. And this promise is sealed by the Holy Spirit. Now what of this sealing? Sealed. I love this picture of being sealed. Look at what the prophet Joel wrote. Joel 2.28. It will be on the screen as well. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions. The prophet Joel, God through the prophet Joel says, I'm going to pour out my spirit. And there's hope for the old men in the house. And then God speaks through the prophet Ezekiel, Ezekiel eleven nineteen. 19, just one verse here, Ezekiel eleven nineteen. 19, God's speaking through his prophets. He says, and I will give them one heart, who that'd be good, right, we need that, and a new spirit I will put within them. I will remove the heart of stone from their flesh and give them a heart of flesh that's pliable and moldable that they may walk in my statutes and keep my rules and obey them and they shall be my people and I will be their God. God says, I'm going to put a new spirit. Take the heart out and put a new heart. Not a renovation. Whole new thing. Then Jesus, speaking to his disciples in Luke 24, 46 through 49, he says to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things, he said, and behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you. But stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. This promise is the Holy Spirit of God. Jesus said, stay in this city until you're clothed with power because I've got a purpose and I've got a mission for you. Paul says, this is the same Holy Spirit. This Holy Spirit that was prophesied about. This promised one to come from long ago. God has placed him in you as a seal. Sealed, marked. In those days, they would have have taken their seal on their property. They would have marked what they owned with a seal. It would have shown that it was secure under them. It would have shown that they had been bought with a price. Sealed in those days. They knew what this meant. We don't really seal much, you know? You don't have to seal a text message. But this was a thing for them. We don't brand things, really. Tattoos, but no, you know. They knew what this meant. And Paul gives them this picture of being sealed. And we can see it today as well. The seal is meant to give us confidence in our redemption. It's meant to give us confidence that our sins have been forgiven. It's meant to give us confidence that our eternity is secure. We have been sealed. We've been purchased. We've been bought with a price. Are you confident in this seal? Because it's a popular question that I get asked a lot How do I know? How do I know? I don't know that I've ever heard God. I don't know. I don't feel him, you know, like I used to really kind of feel it. But now I don't know. I'm just kind of. I don't know. How do I know? Do I know? How do I know? It's popular. Now I'm not making light of it. I think it's natural in the questioning. If I could just level The playing field for a minute. I think it's natural to beg for a physical representation of a seal. Like like a sign or a miracle or an audible voice. Like, can you just show me? Can you just prove it to me, God? How do I know? I want to hear you. I want to see it. I want to know it. I want to really know it. I think it's natural to to want this tangible proof. Proof. But to remember what Thomas did when Jesus died and rose again. And they told him he was alive and Thomas wasn't so sure. And Thomas said, I'm going to have to see him first. I'm going to have to feel it before I believe it. And look how Jesus responded to him in John 20. Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. So so I got the level playing field and I'm with you. It's like it's natural to want a sign, but but blessed are those that didn't need one. And heard the word and believed it. So where are we and and what's and what's happening in this equation Jared, I want to see to believe. I I need to really see to be confident. But I wonder if we realize what we are doing when we choose that path towards belief. The path that's riddled with physical representations and pictures in the sky. I wonder if we, if we really search that out and, and think about what we're doing when we don't look at his word and hold it up supreme over physical representations. We don't trust in the seal when he says it. We need to see it instead. I wonder if we've, if we've thought about this. Like, this is kind of what we're saying. Like, God, I know you said this, but. I don't know if I believe it. I know that others have said it as well, but I don't know if I really believe it. I know that you've shown it in a lot of different ways throughout all of history and a lot of people wrote about it, but I just don't know if I believe it. And if you don't prove it to me now in a way that I request, then I'm not going to believe what you've said in your word. And so the challenge tonight. Is are we calling God a liar? And you say, no, 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 no. Did you just say that? Did you just say that? No, I'm not calling God a liar. Of course, we would probably say, no, obviously not. But our actions are stating otherwise. If we're not careful. He has spoken. And he said that there is a seal that's placed inside of you. And it's the Holy Spirit. This is my one quote, Adam, from Charles Spurgeon. Just one tonight, okay? Charles Spurgeon. The indwelling spirit. Kelly, it's not on the screen again. Okay. The indwelling spirit is the only seal you need. Brothers and sisters, what more do you want? What more could God give you? Suppose you were to meet on the road home, standing on the snow, an angel clothed in glittering white and that he should say to you, I have a message from God to you. And then he says your name and adds, you are one of God's chosen. That vision would comfort you for half an hour, I have no doubt but then the devil would say, it was snowing. No doubt the flakes blew into your eyes or else you have a fine imagination. Oh, but you would say, I heard him speak. And the devil would say, Ah, oh, you had noises in your head and you might be crazy. Yeah, we want it. I mean, I got to see it. I got to feel it. I got to touch it. I'm not, I want to know. I want to know. I want to know. And then we actually do see it. And we see a life changed or we see a miracle in our own lives or we see a blessing that that we uncovered or something happens and we actually see it and then we forget it in 30 minutes. And the point is God chose a seal that could not be tainted by the enemy or our forgetfulness. Living and breathing spirit of God inside of us. Don't grieve Him with your unbelief. Don't grieve Him with your unbelief. Don't push Him away. What is better than the living Spirit of God inside of you as a seal? God has chosen something far greater than any certificate. This is a living and active helper so that we can be confident in our new identity. Identity. He didn't give us a piece of paper that could be lost. He grafted His Spirit inside of us and sealed us firmly in Christ. I want you to see this. We talked a little bit about it earlier, but when the Spirit's in you as a seal and Christ is out here, what happens is the Spirit is sanctifying you from the inside. This is transformation, illuminating the dark places as you walk through life, as you breathe, and as you read the Word, and truth is revealed, and and as you're praying to God, and the Holy Spirit is your helper to, to transform you by the renewal of your mind daily. And as that sanctification process is happening, you're also covered by the blood of the Lamb so that when God looks at you, you have an intercessor... And you're in him. (laughs) Uh, This is so effective. And in Christ we are sealed. With the Holy Spirit. And look at how we are sealed. Paul writes. And when you heard the word of truth. And believed in Jesus. Two things very simply. Number one. How are you sealed? Question, number one, you heard the gospel. Faith comes through hearing. You heard the gospel. And number two, you believed in the person and the work of Jesus. Hearing the gospel, believing in Jesus, you are sealed with the Holy Spirit. Not by works lest any man should boast. It's by the grace of God. And this is what it looks like to be sealed. John 1 12 through 13. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, Jesus, he gave the right to become children of God who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. This is a new birth born of God, not born of flesh. Remember, he takes a stone out and puts it in a heart of flesh so that he can mold it and it's tender. Born of God, the Holy Spirit is the seal of this new birth. Verse 14, Ephesians 1. We're real close, I promise you. The Holy Spirit is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. Notice the plural, our inheritance. This is not exclusive like a club or a clique or Jews only it was not anymore because Jesus has torn down the wall of hostility we'll get to that in a few weeks several weeks Marcus I don't know our inheritance sons and daughters of God this long hymn of praise climaxes with the fact that there is no advantage anymore It doesn't matter who your mommy and daddy was Because Jesus came, died, rose again, and now God can be your father if you put your hope and your trust in him as Lord and Savior. Adopted grafted into this family in him we plural have obtained an inheritance so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory in him you also were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit Jews, non-Jews remember verse 14 who is the guarantor of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory lastly in verse 14, we see that word guarantee. The Holy Spirit is the guarantee of our inheritance. It's also translated down payment. Marcus is laughing at me because the first time we talked about that word, I said, I don't like that. I don't want that, you know? I'll, I'll look into that later. And I looked into it and I got humbled. Because no matter what I like, you know what I'm saying? And there's beauty in this. There's beauty in this. You're going to have to go with me because this is not the same kind of down payment that we make. Has anybody bought a house? Anybody show of hands? Anybody taking out a loan maybe? We'll get some more of you. Okay. When you take out a loan, you go and you put a down payment down, right? Well, when you buy a house, for those of you that haven't, there's a stack of papers um, this high, like, Six times this Bible, it's for real. It gets bigger every time. I bought three, and it's like, first one was here, second one, third one, you know. And so the first time I bought one, I'm, I'm, I'm just reading it. Every line, just reading it. And, and the, the lawyer was like, oh, Jared, I can just tell you what it says, you know. All right. So she tries to summarize it, Say. we go back to reading this. Why? Because it's a lot of money. I got to know what I'm doing. And, you know, if you actually read the whole thing, it's going to take hours. And I think they know that. But you're signing this whole thing. It's like something in here is probably going to come back to bite me. Because I'm putting a lot of money down. And then you walk out of there. And your homeowners. Post it. You know? Homeowners. 20%. 20%. Like I'm not even a majority stakeholder in my own home. (laughs) Have you thought about that? I own the pipes and the bricks. (laughs) Down payment. To be paid. And then I think about it. I'm like, okay, 30 years. What's going to be happening to us? If maybe... We pay this thing off. Well, then, then I start with the what ifs. Well, what if, what if we have more kids? This was back in, before kids. What if we have kids, too many kids, and we grow out of the home? What if we have to move? What if I get a different job and I have to be, be misplaced or, or re, you know, move to a different place? Or what, what if, what if, what if, what if? And you start doing this, it's like 30 years is a long time, and that's a lot of money. And this picture of a down payment pales in comparison. But the beauty of it is it points us to the riches that we have in this inheritance because God has paid the down payment of our inheritance. But there's no what ifs attached, and He is not paying down the loan because it has been paid in full and sealed by the Holy Spirit. Inside of you. There's no what if. There's no wondering what's going to happen in 20 years. It's paid in full. So that's not what it means by down payment. What it means by down payment is we're still here on earth. Limited. Temporary. and transient, Longing for the whole thing. This is a down payment to just give us a foretaste of what's to come. And we're like, no, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. I, I got to have more. I don't see you enough. He's like, I'm in you. And this is a down payment. And you're like, I got to have more of it. I gotta, and it's okay to want more, but you got to trust and you got to lean yes, sir. because you've been sealed. Jesus cried, it is finished. And after he did that, he went home to prepare a place in his father's house for his sons and his daughters. 1 Peter 1, 3-5. This is a little bit about the foretaste. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great Mercy. He has caused us to be born again to a living hope. Living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. Kept in heaven for you you who by god's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time Whew. guarded in christ for this inheritance this imperishable this undefiled that's unfading and that is kept by the one who holds the stars the one who feeds the sparrows who don't sow and reap you see all these sermons that could be preached i mean i'm really trying not to go there <laughs> second corinthians 4 more on the inheritance and then we're coming to a close second corinthians 4:16 through 18 so we do not lose heart Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day because we've been sealed with the promised Holy Spirit and we are in Christ for this light momentary affliction. Paul, this doesn't feel light or momentary. For this light and momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, temporary, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Paul says we we strain to what we can't see. Because we have this down payment that's a seal for our souls. This inheritance to come. And it's not a 20% you kind of own it thing. It's a paid in full kind of thing. And it's a foretaste because of our limitations. So that we can lean and hope to future glory. God has guaranteed your inheritance by placing you in Christ. Through the power of the Holy Spirit inside of you. Are you a part of the family of God? Do you have. The Holy Spirit as a seal. Have you received this forgiveness of your sins. And have you been redeemed. Redeemed. By the blood of Jesus himself. Have you trusted in him, Jesus, as Lord and Savior? I want to urge you today, wherever you are, wherever you've been, whatever you've done, to believe in him today. Because I know that he is all you need. He is all you need. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Father God in heaven, we are grateful for you. God, we're grateful that because you loved us first, we can stand here as children a holy nation, a royal priesthood, a chosen people of your own possession so that we may proclaim the excellencies of you who called us out of darkness and into marvelous light. God, we didn't deserve it. We didn't earn it. We're still messing it up. But you have sealed us You have redeemed us, and you have given us an inheritance that is immeasurable. So God, tonight I pray for anyone that does not know you. I pray that you would make them so uncomfortable that they would not be able to leave without giving their life to you. And we give you all the praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen.